In this episode, I'll answer a student's question about whether it's ever okay for a horse to be behind the vertical. It's an important subject, not only for dressage riders. So here we go, episode 174, Behind the Vertical. Hi, I'm Karen Rolfe, and welcome to Horse Training in Harmony. This podcast is about you making progress with your horse in a way that you both can love. It's about learning how to move and be in harmony because yes, you really can develop a horse to be both athletic and happy. When we show up as our best selves for our horses, our horses will show up for us. So let's get started. I listen to a a lot of other podcasts and I realize that some of them start with this like clever or cute banter in the beginning between the hosts. And I was like, I don't have another co-host, so I don't get to have any of the like cute, funny, lighthearted banter. (laughs) I mean, sure, I could talk to myself just fine, but I wonder if I need to see if, uh, if my husband Dana would come on and do a little banter with me in the beginning. He's <laughs> speaking of talking to oneself. Um, the other day I'm like, Hey, how come you never like seem to hear me when I, when I'm talking to you in the house? <laughs> and then I realized, uh, yeah, I, between talking to myself and all the animals, <laughs> I think he doesn't notice when I'm actually addressing him. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I should probably uh, get right to the uh, the podcast, the horse training and harmony subject. So somebody recently sent in a question, and I'm always really appreciative when um, people send in questions. I have a link, I'll put it in the show notes where you can actually record your question. And, um, you know, I'm, I love hearing them all. I don't get to answer necessarily every single one of them on the podcast, but it really is helpful to hear what's going on. Uh, what sort of thoughts and topics and questions you guys have. So anyway, uh, Danae, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, sent in a question uh, about uh, having your horse in front of the vertical and um, is it okay, is it ever okay for a horse to be behind the vertical? So I think the best thing to do now is to uh, play her question. Hi, Karen. I just want to, first of all, thank you for everything that you're doing for us heart-centered dressage enthusiasts. My question is, as I'm bringing my six-year-old dream warm blood up through the levels, I am so focused on wanting him not to come behind the vertical. Is there ever a time that that's okay while he's learning how to round his back and push from behind? I know that the goal is to be up and in front, but is there a time and a place for behind the vertical? So I love this question and I can just hear the enthusiasm that, uh, Danny, Danny, oh, I hope I'm, I don't know how to say it, um, has for her beautiful young horse. And I love that she's really thinking about this because it is kind of important. So in my usual style, I will answer the question, (laughs) but I also want to just use her question as a reason to kind of 
talk about this in general. So this behind the vertical thing, uh, let's go to the rule book. <laughs> what does dressage say about this point? So in the object of dressage, which many of you have heard me recite about the development of the horse into the happy athlete, the next section kind of describes, you know, and it is, is this expressed by, and then they give a lot of very descriptive words about how the horse should go and, you know, what it should look like. And so there's a section, um, and I'll just read the paragraph. It says, in all the work, even at the halt, the horse must be, quote, on the bit. A horse is said to be, quote, on the bit when the neck is more or less raised and arched according to the stage of training and the extension or collection of the gait, accepting the bridle with a light and consistent soft submissive contact. The head should remain in a steady position, as a rule slightly in front of the vertical, with a supple pole as the highest point of the neck, and no resistance should be offered the rider. Okay, so the key sentence there, or part of the sentence is, as a rule, slightly in front of the vertical, with a supple pole as the highest point of the neck. All right, so why? <laughs> why should it be up there? Well, in that place, when with all of those things as described, it's a place of optimal self-carriage and balance and engagement. Horses can also see better when their head is in that position rather than uh, curled back. But it's a place that that can very easily, more, more easily be achieved when there is that optimal self-carriage and balance and engagement. And <laughs> it's pretty obvious that this, you know, this rule of being in front of the vertical is very often broken. So uh, we see it even in the competition arena. We see it for sure in the warm-up arena. Um, we see it all over the place. Uh, I did a whole blog on life imitating art, imitating life. And if, you know, of, of these moments where sculptors were hired to sculpt a dressage horse for the front of the barn and they'll sculpt it behind the vertical you know and that's maybe not even necessarily a horse person or a rider they're just observing <laughs> so they're like oh dressage it's behind the vertical so you can find that blog um, on my website and I'll put a link to it on in the show notes so it's a very very common occurrence that the horse is not in front of the vertical and there's actually lots of reasons for why that may happen. Sometimes it happens by design. It's the plan of the rider. And some because the horse is, you know, putting themselves there. And it's actually really difficult to get them not to do that. So why might a horse be behind the vertical? Uh, one reason might be that the rider put them there on purpose thinking of it as some sort of flexibility exercise. So, a, you know, maybe a good intention. Um, it's there by design and they're communicating it to the horse. Um, 
you know, and then <laughs> it could, it could be okay for a moment, or are they keeping them there for the whole session? You know, so how it's applied will matter. But let's say one choice is the writer did it there on purpose, and they have a reason for it. And they're seeking some specific benefit in their mind. Okay. Um, another reason might be that the writer put the horse there on purpose, again, as some sort of exercise, because it brought out some other positive quality. Um, a very playful example of that might be, um, like if I've been doing a bunch of collected stuff and the horse does something really good, I might like get up in two point for a minute and like that they might really want to like round their back and they feel good to kind of almost not buck, but like really kind of dolphin their backs. And in that moment, um, they put their necks down and kind of, you know, dolphin along for a few strides. I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to put them behind the vertical to make that happen. It just might happen. And I might just sit there and let it happen for a few strides because of how their back is coming up. Even if um, sort of ideally, I might say, well, no, I should let the reins go longer and let the nose come forward. If it's something the horse is kind of offering to do, and it's maybe a reward from some really good collection, I might not, you know, panic. <laughs> I just like, okay, so we go in that position for a few strides, he's playing and it must feel good to him. Something like that. Um, a horse could be behind the vertical because the rider is actually forcing them there in the name of submission or control, right? So a roll cur kind of thing or a horse that's, um, yeah, that, that's kind of a little bit out of control and they're, you know, through submissiveness of like, let's get that neck under my control so the horse can't be in control kind of thing. Uh, it could be, I've seen lots of horses going over the vertical or behind the vertical if their riders working on their working gates, maybe the horse really, maybe something really positive is happening and the horse really wants to stretch over his back. He's kind of asking for it, but the rider um, maybe is even allowing a little bit of stretch, but they're not giving the reins as much as they could, right? So it's kind of not really a working gate, kind of not really a stretch gate. I see, I see this a lot. So it's kind of like be pole high, carrying yourself in a working gait, or be stretching and give the reins enough for the, the nose to then, you know, start to be able to come forward, but be careful of kind of like half, like half stretching, but not really just enough to put them behind the vertical <laughs> and not really have anything else. So that's a, that's a, a spot that I think is one of the most common um, sort of well-meaning moments of a horse going behind the vertical is because the riders actually has their horse feeling really soft and squishy in their backs and they're very soft and they're not um, bracing or resisting, but they've just sort of the, the um, interaction between um, the, the balance of the horse, the communication about stretching and the length of the reins, they end up starting to, the horse is trying to stretch, but the rider hasn't lengthened the reins. And then they're just kind of stuck in this in between, in between land. And that moment can feel, I'll put air quotes here, good. I mean, there can be really nice qualities in how that feels because often the horse feels really squishy and soft and supple and, you know, light and all these wonderful things. Um, so again, you know, 
pat yourself on the back for getting all those good moments. And I would not, I would be careful not to live there. Um, yeah. And we'll talk a little bit more about why. Um, it could be um, simply the rider needs too much rain contact to control the speed, right? So the horse is always trying to um, go a little faster. The seat's not working. Horses may be a little impulsive, so they, they end up with more um, use of the reins than necessarily for the connection. And so the, the neck gets jammed up and the, the nose goes behind the vertical. Like literally the horse is trying to go faster <laughs> than, than the rider is. And so they start to kind of roll over the top. So those are, that's more of a like contracted top line kind of behind the vertical versus the example I gave before is sort of a stretched top line example, right? The horse is trying to stretch over his back and getting really soft and squishy in the working gates, but the length of the rein didn't, you know, coordinate. That horse is behind the vertical because he's trying to be stretchy. But the other one um, who's behind the vertical through contraction of like the horse is trying to go, kind of running through their chest, end up in the reins, and that pulls the nose in. So both could be behind the vertical with the pole a little low, completely different dynamic, completely different dynamic. You know, the, <laughs> the, the stretchy one isn't necessarily good either. That's going to lead to problems if you live there, but it might be like, oh, let's just fluff them up where the one with the speed control, it's like, whoa, we got like a lot of homework to do. <laughs> we got to get that speed under control from our seat. It could be a horse could end up behind the vertical because they're on the forehand. And, you know, the and again, the, the rider's not doing anything to help rebalance the horse. And if the reins get short for whatever reason with a horse on the forehand, um, it's really easy for that nose to come in. Now, a lot of times, and this is another really common thing, is the horses are putting themselves behind the vertical. And no, that didn't just give everybody a reason to blame their horse for it. <laughs> My horse is just doing it. Yeah, horses sometimes do it. Um, but we still, you know, we're the ones who decided to ride them and we owe it to them to train in a way that they find a different way. So um, horses can can be behind the vertical to avoid something. It could be to avoid the contact, whether it's a bidding issue or um, just past history or just high sensitivity. And they're just, for some reason, they're avoiding the contact, so they kind of hide. They hide behind it. It could be to avoid putting weight on the hind end. I mean, horses' heads and necks weigh a significant amount. And so one way for horses to ease the burden of engagement, <laughs> right? So as we gymnasticize our horses, we're trying to get them to carry more weight behind. We're saying, go to the gym and do some squats. And they're kind of like, well, I don't really feel like going to the gym today. And that's our game, right? How do we do that in a friendly way? So if you picture a horse that's, you know, engaging and carrying weight behind, you, know, you can think of this just as you're sitting there, as you're sitting in your chair upright, and then just like tip your head forward and you'll feel weight come off your rear end. You'll feel it tipping forward and your seat will start to get a little bit lighter in the back. So sometimes horses will put themselves behind the vertical 
because it's a little way to cheat. It's a little way to cheat engagement. And I mean, that's fine. That's the game. They're trying to make their lives easier. <laughs> We're trying to build super athletes. Um, <laughs> so that's, it's just a puzzle. That's an absolutely normal puzzle when riding a horse is how do we create the core to be used, the hindin muscles, you know, the, the hindin to carry the weight so that they can be, you know, healthier carrying us. And in the process, they're trying to just make every stride a little bit easier. So how do we, how do we somehow manage that? Um, I think some horses go there. I'll just, I wrote on my list because they, they feel like it. <laughs> it just feels like what they should do as a result of all the circumstances, meaning us, the saddle, how we're riding, the balance of our body, the balance of their body. And it's just sort of this natural part of the dynamic, the same way um, how we're riding and all the circumstances might cause them to not track up as much as they could or to, um, you know, whatever else, be a little crooked. It's just part of this whatever dynamic is happening. And for some reason, the horse says the horse is putting themselves there. Uh, they're not really putting themselves there because we're riding them. <laughs> I don't see the behind the vertical as much online, but it still can happen online. It still can happen online when you're, especially when you're, we're playing with um, engagement and you're playing with stretching. So you have to kind of take in all of the bits of what's going on. Sometimes horses will seemingly put themselves behind the vertical if their body's just naturally tight, you know, especially if the horse is sensitive to the reins. So sometimes a horse who's a little bit blocky, defensive-y and, and tight and sensitive, then the nose will come out, but the like the base of the neck drops and, and you, know, you get the classic sort of above the aids, <laughs> you know, kind of defensive thing. But sometimes if the, if the horse's body is just tight and not swingy and they're sensitive to the reins, it's really easy for them to just um, flex too much and get behind the vertical. It also can be just simply a misunderstanding. So a lot of times in teaching foundation, if a rider is too, um, I don't know, too dogmatic or whatever about teaching a horse that like they must move away from all pressure. And, and if they're a little bit electric in how they teach that, Horses can feel like, oh, I'm supposed to just not touch anything. You know, any any pressure come to me, I need to like whoop, get out of there. And they just simply misunderstand. So every time the reins get taken up, the horses um, naturally just, whoosh, they like, <laughs> you can't find them. They're just not avoiding that pressure because they think that that's what they're supposed to do. So I teach all my horses to follow a feel it's a, I think it's a part of the education to be able to solve puzzles by realizing they can relax when they feel the pressure, but I don't teach them to like run away from it with the reins. I just mostly want to feel like if I touch you, relax and trust me. And then when you're relaxing and trusting me, I can guide you where you need to go. And please trust me to allow, you know, allow me to do that. But I don't, 
teach so much the like, if I touch the rain, I want you to like, put your head on my knee or something like that. Not that kind of yielding to the pressure. So I guess one of the main points here is that when a horse is behind the vertical, it's not always caused by mean, terrible riders. Or especially if you find your horses sometimes behind the vertical, it doesn't mean that you're a mean, terrible rider. It's just something that needs to be figured out for the training. And, to, you know, I just feel like I have to say that because there's so much bashing going on out there and rightfully so sometimes. Um, but, you know, to look at every picture where a horse is behind the vertical and just, um, you know, yes, we can discuss it from a biomechanical point of view, but there's a lot of rider shaming out there. So, um, hey, you know, <laughs> if it was easy, everybody could do it. And we just have to keep looking at it and saying, yeah, that is what I'm striving for, not behind vertical, but to be nose in front of the vertical is what I'm striving for. But not every nose that's behind the vertical means that they were tied up and forced there. Just saying. All right, but it is important. And it is uh, something to that needs to be addressed. And I think it needs to be a higher priority in many circles. The neck is the easiest thing to see and control. So when a horse doesn't feel round enough, many people go to the neck and try to round and round and round and round it, hoping that at some point they can curl their horse's neck up so much that the lower back magically pops up, which in my view never works. I find that when a horse is balanced in self-carriage and engaged and round and supple in their body, then it's easy to let the horse's neck up relative to their overall balance naturally and let the nose forward. It feels amazing because the horse is round. So if your horse doesn't feel round when the nose is in front of the vertical, the problem is with the body and the self-carriage, not the neck. And that cannot be covered up or corrected by rounding the neck more and more and more. I came across an interesting article by Euro Dressage where they placed um, some EMG sensors on the horse's pole area. Um, They said above the atlas joint um, on the brachiocephalic muscle and measured what was going on there uh, when their horses were moving behind the vertical um, versus in front of the vertical. And they did this in a kind of cool way. And I'll put a link to this in the show notes. And they did it so that even, so the riders were riding with very light contact and they were not purposely ever putting the horse on the vertical. It was this example of when the horses were kind of just going there and they could actually put, they put sensors on the um, arms of the riders so they could really see, you know, they were measuring horses with light, very light contact um, when they were putting themselves the horses were putting themselves um, behind the vertical or were behind the vertical for whatever reason. Anyway, (laughs) um, they said that they could see, um, what did they say, more um, muscle tension at that point in their pole when the horses were behind the vertical, even with that light contact, even when not forced there. So, And then when the rider asked the horse to kind of open their frame and get their nose in front of the vertical, the horse's pole muscle um, 
activity actually, you know, dropped significantly. So it's really interesting that they did that. And, you know, if we think back to the, what it said in the rule book, as a rule, slightly in front of the vertical with a supple pole as the highest point of the neck. And so it's kind of cool because this um, experiment that they did where they measured um, when the nose was in front of the vertical, that went along with a more supple pole, not so much muscle tension. So that was actually pretty interesting to me that that was happening. The joint, that area of the neck was in more tension, even when the horses felt light and even when the horses were quote unquote choosing (laughs) to put themselves there. So, all right. Um, and Danny, Danny, as I, as she's probably listening to this going, uh, so could you answer my question? I'll get to it. I promise. (laughs) We're, we're all building up there. Uh, so, you know, how do you get a horse in front of the vertical? Um, with, it's actually much more, it takes a little bit more finesse and an artful riding, um, to help with that. Uh, and I do have videos in the video classroom about this, uh, two that I can point you to, um, and I'll write these in the show notes also, but for those of you listening, take a pen and paper. Um, one is September, 2014. It's called pole high self-carriage makeover. Ta-da. And the other one is March, 2013 connection with the reins, correcting a low pole. So both of those, I think, are really good overviews of sort of lovely examples of lovely horses being ridden by very lovely riders, and we're specifically um, addressing the um, nose in front of the vertical and keeping the pole the highest point. So I think you might find that really interesting. Hey everyone, a quick message to let you know about a really exciting limited time opportunity for learning at no extra cost. So now you've heard me rave about the video classroom. It's my video training library, and it's where you go to see this podcast in action with videos on pretty much everything that I teach. But for May, June, and July, we are gonna be doing extra monthly live Q&A calls and anyone who's in the classroom gets to attend at no extra cost. We've never offered this before, so it's a pretty cool opportunity. So this is such a great time to be able to speak with a real person, to get your questions answered, either about a particular video that you watched or a challenge that you're having with your horse. Now the video classroom, I think, is always the best deal. And for May, June, and July, it is going to be amazing. So go to dressagenaturally.net slash classroom and start your subscription today. There's always a one-week free trial to check it out. Again, dressagenaturally.net slash classroom. Okay, now back to the pod. But in general, if I'm thinking about checking or making sure that my horse is in front of the vertical. It's really a result of the self-carriage and the balance of the horse. So that's where my brain is. Um, self-carriage to me is super high priority. Um, so as we saw, you know, as I mentioned before, one of the reasons a horse might get behind the vertical is because um, they're out of balance 
or their speed control isn't there. For some reason, you're not able to have this self-carriage without things falling apart. So self-carriage and balance. And so that means that if you want to address the nose in front of the vertical, my brain is going self-carriage and balance first. And then it might need, you know, I think of the sweet spot, you know, the sweet spot of pole high carrying themselves, right? And so we might need to turn the dials of the energy level or the relaxation or the balance. Um, Sometimes when everything is feeling kind of nice, as far as the balance and self-carriage, then the next thing I'll check is the energy level. You know, sometimes they're just not having a destination there, you know, and I'll just look up, I'll lift my eyes and look up to the trees and I let's go there. And they kind of do the same thing in their posture. So instead of this like focus down on the neck, where we go in a low pole posture also, you know, when they're mirroring us and we're all just sitting there fiddling with what's happening right underneath our seat. And sometimes we just need to think of let's go somewhere you know, their vision is really related to this. So they can't see so well when they're behind the vertical. But you know, if they're if they're not going anywhere, then they can kind of get used to not seeing, right? Because they, they're, they're not going anywhere. And that's where sometimes doing dressage out on the trail or out in a field can give you much better result than in the arena where everybody's sitting there just, you know, being... Um, you know, in the arena with nothing really to look for, (laughs) look forward to. We also, um, to think about a horse becoming more in front of the vertical, I'm going to be looking at rider self-carriage, right? So if, if the rider is having to hang on the reins for some reason or balance off the reins, even a slight bit, it can make a huge difference. So those are the things that I sort of check and, well, I'm checking and scanning these things all the time anyway. And then if the neck is still wanting to be behind the vertical, I might need to do an actual cue for the horse to say, hey, lift your neck and get your nose out in front. Um, It's just a little technique. You know, it's very easy easy to shorten things on horses, but to lengthen things sometimes is tricky. So it's like a little fluff that I'll kind of fluff my reins um, up and forward. And it's important as you like kind of quick little lift and put your hands forward. Otherwise, you're going to be curling it up more. And it has to be just for a moment. If you just lift your hands, they'll tend to curl right um, down even more. But it's kind of like you're sending your pinkies forward. And I just send a a little fluff out the reins that I'm actually sending the reins up and out and it's just a momentary thing and then your hands right back down and you can teach a horse that that means fluff your neck up and just re- you know do it do it again repeat it a couple times until they um they get the right answer and then yay <laughs> and then stay still so again there's um there's videos start with those two videos and you can search um for low pole in the classroom and you can get um uh, several videos on this All right, so now the answer to the question, (laughs) is it ever okay to be behind the vertical? So with all of those things said, you can see how kind of it's an important, it's important piece. You want to have it fairly high on the priority, but not in absence of all the things that lead to it, right? So if you're focused on 
the nose has to be out in front of the vertical, but you're not thinking about the balance or the self-carriage. Now it's going to be contrived also, right? Because you're going to have a horse that's speeding along and then you're going to tell it to stick its nose out. And, you know, this is all about the balance of the whole horse and making sure it all makes sense. So yes, it's important, but it's only important as a result of how well everything else is going. Um, so in, so you can kind of guess that, you know, I, there's never really a time where I'm going to say it's desirable to put your horse behind the vertical as any kind of extended training plan, right? It, it could be a momentary thing. I mean, there's been, yeah, you know, let them get a little low, maybe the, you know, test the flexibility and, you know, just as a, let's see if we can do this as a little moment, moment and exercise. Um, it's not something I would want to live in for sure. But with that said, um, if you're playing with all some other stuff and there's other stuff that's a bigger priority, some of the prerequisites, things like the engagement and the balance and, and in that process, because things aren't perfect yet, your horse is a little behind the vertical and there's other things on lots of other things on the list that feel good. Um, if you're working on the prerequisites, those other baseline things in the body, the self-carriage, the balance, you know, the sweet spot of everything, you know, you can notice it and don't have to panic and immediately do something with the neck. You can just notice the neck and say, okay, well, I noticed that neck, but I'm still working on this other thing. And we're going to keep working on the other thing, knowing that when I get it, then, um, then the nose hopefully will be in front of the vertical. So even though there is a cue to have the horse fluff up their neck and get out there, I don't always use that cue. Sometimes I just go, huh, that's interesting. Um, yes, things are less than perfect right now, but I'm still going to be addressing the body waiting for that nose to come in front of the vertical. As long as I'm not actively doing something to cause it, I'm not actively pulling on the reins. I'm not actively making it happen. Right. So it's kind of in the category of, you know, when you're um, trying to develop a shoulder in, yes, we would love a perfect three tracks, but as you're developing it, it's not going to be perfect. So um, you know, (laughs) just keep aware and forgive things not always being perfect. Um, but notice, right? So, so going behind the vertical, you know, it's, well, like many things that we want, we're, we're simply working towards them and they're not always going to be perfect, but keep playing to find it. And this is the art of dressage, right? So even if you don't ask your horse to go behind the vertical. You don't always have to panic if he's there, if all the other good qualities are present. Just notice, keep playing with it. It is a good enough rule of thumb. <laughs> and, you know, it's a good enough... It, it What's cool about it, it, it is pretty measurable. And especially if you have mirrors and you want things to check on, you know, that's a really nice thing to check on. And if it all it takes is a little adjustment to go the difference between slightly in front of the vertical and slightly behind, it's important enough that like, why not do that? Right? I think you're going to 
biomechanically get in a lot less trouble down the road by keeping it a priority now. And in general, you know, I like to leave the neck alone and see what's going on um, because it is such a reflection of the rest of the horse. And I think looking back, um, you know, looking back and how are my priorities changed over the years and the decades, um, that is one thing that I would say is much higher on my priority list now. Um, and it's gone in that direction as I become more educated and experienced is um, if I'm, yeah, if I'm mucking with the neck, if I feel like I need to put my horse behind the vertical, <laughs> it's probably not what I should do. And it just means I'm feeling something else lacking somewhere else in the body and better to find out what that other thing is and address that. So strive for in front of the vertical. Don't get stuck in patterns of behind the vertical. And definitely it's a red flag if you start feeling like, ooh, I really think I need to put my horse behind the vertical on purpose, especially if it's for any kind of extended period of time. I hope hope that makes sense. So, you know, it is a flexibility it can be a flexibility challenge, which can bring out some good things, but be sparing if if you start feeling like you need to, right? But also know that your horse can be slightly behind the vertical and have a whole bunch of other things on the list that are awesome. Um, so don't beat yourself up. Don't panic. Just, you know, celebrate what's working well keep noticing and seeing what else you can change to encourage um, that natural um, carriage of the neck. It's so easy to shorten horses' necks and it causes so many problems. You'll run into less problems down the road if you can ride your horse with a long natural neck um, rather than an over round neck, especially in comparison to the rest of the body. Anyway, I hope that helps. All right. See you next time. If this episode resonates with you, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Training horses is a long game. The more you listen, the more pieces of the puzzle you'll have. To see all your learning resources, visit dressagenaturally.net. That's where you'll find free videos, online courses, my book, You can sign up for my Wednesday Wisdom email or even book a private consult. Most of all, remember, you got this. Never underestimate the possibility for things to improve in ways you cannot yet imagine. Till next time, love your horse, move in harmony, and enjoy the process.